All right, looking forward to this one. Sitting down today with Ananth Rao. He is a senior director of marketing at EYA, a small little, it's a tongue-in-cheek joke, an amazing infill developer of multifamily homes in the general DC, Maryland marketplace. Anand, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here, Kevin. I'm a big fan of your podcast, and uh, you know, it's, it's great to be here. I'll just go ahead and say it. First-time caller, long-time listener, right? First-time caller, long-time listener. Actually, I remember, I think it was episode one or two, and uh, when you and Andrew were, were on, the, on the podcast uh, starting this, I, it, was just, it was just so exciting for me, uh, you know, that there was this, there were folks who cared enough about digital marketing to have a podcast for builders and specific to digital marketing. I thought that was so exciting. I remember texting you guys and saying, thank you. And, yeah. you know, here we are. I don't know what, what episode, this is a hundred and something. But it's, it's over three years, which is incredible because I remember when we first started, we we're like, we're going to run out of things to talk about like 20 episodes in and, um, Hey, things keep changing. And there's, and there's interesting people like you that, that I want people to be able to learn from. And you guys have heard me talk or read things I've, I've written about a marketing technologist role. And when that role started to develop in my mind as something that many builders, especially larger builders need to have in place, Anath was always one of those people that I was like, this person already does exist and their, and their name is Anath. But it's title of Senior Director of Marketing, what does that mean? What's your role at EYA? Yeah, so I'm responsible for the digital experiences here at the company. So, you know, that's very plainly put. And that's, that's what it is. When I joined the company, I joined here as a digital guy, uh, someone they could look at. You know, we already have a have a very strong brand here at EYA. Um, so from an execution standpoint and take, taking it to the digital um, uh, side of things, uh, they were looking for someone and that was really my role. Um, it's just evolved a lot more in the last five years uh, from, um, from managing just the digital marketing part of it to, I look at it more as a managing experiences for, for our um, uh, home buyers, uh, for prospects. So, you know, from the time you, you start looking at ads, um, you know, on uh, Facebook or on Zillow uh, to the time you visit our websites, uh, to the time you fill out a form to it, to the point it goes to the OSC uh, and beyond uh, when it goes to the sales center, you're walking to our sales offices, you're uh, looking at our touchscreens, you're walking our 3D models, our virtual tours. All of those are digital experiences and even beyond, you know, when, when you make a payment online you're making a digital payment so it's the entire experience from the time you you get to know us till the time you start to love us till the time your kids start to love us hopefully so so that's that's how i i you know, view my role and uh, that's kind of what i bring uh, to the table here and that, essentially what you just described is a marketing technologist someone who understands that that systems don't just belong in the world of IT because ultimately those systems and processes only matter in terms of how they interact with the customer. And so Anath, you joined EYA um, just over five years ago. And at that time, uh, that, that was also right around, I think when I went for my in-person visit to see everyone there, I think you had just started. You were like a month in. Yeah, um, yeah. And so there were... I don't remember the exact publications because I don't live in your part of town, but discussions were happening about needing to do, you know, big ad campaign in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or publications like that. So it was it was a definitely a, 
a shifting point, and Cheryl had just joined the company as well, who is still there as leading kind of the overall branding and, and marketing picture at EYA. But she was very interested in moving to digital. Wouldn't, I don't think, classify herself as a digital native, though. And so you were brought in as like to be her hands and feet of helping EYA move into a digital world. Um, so if you would, just take a minute and, and kind of try to think back to that point and and what some of the either surprisingly difficult or surprisingly easy things in terms of, we're talking about implementing a CRM, uh, which at the time was HubSpot, HubSpot. Uh, had been selected. We're talking about shifting ad strategies. We're talking like kind of taking it all on at once, but share some highlights or lowlights that you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, five years ago, we, we were in a very different space uh, compared to where we are today, you know, from a from a spend standpoint, from a process standpoint, you know, clearly the last uh, 18 months, two years have, have changed that a lot with the pandemic. I think that's just accelerated uh, the whole digital um, aspect of things. But if we step back five years, you know, EYA, and, you know, they've already been a very strong brand, like I said. I mean, you know, people who knew us, uh, they loved us. And we ran very successful um, campaigns uh, offline. Yeah. And product wise, by the way, let me just keep bragging on you from a, from a product and a community development standpoint, certainly top three, uh, especially in the Eastern half of the United States. I know there are other companies that everyone on this call will, would know of, especially if you're in the Midwest or East who unpolitely, I would say just learned everything they could from you and kind of ripped off your approach. Uh, and, and now they are often thought of as placemakers, but a lot of that placemaking and an idea of walkable living started really with EYA. So from a product brand and development standards, uh, you guys were already swinging to the fences, uh, and, and doing an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point you, you bring up Kevin. And as I was interviewing with EYA, I mean, I had never heard of the company, you know, before, and, uh, you know, I walked in, uh, to some of these, uh, uh neighborhoods as we uh, refer to them, you know, um, we don't call them, you know, EY homes. These are neighborhoods because we truly build, um, communities and neighborhoods. Um, and so, so that's how we uh, refer to ourselves, the neighborhoods of EYA. And when we were walking by, and I was walking by the, the communities and the, the, met the people over there as I was interviewing. I mean, as a marketer, and I've, I've been doing end marketing for almost uh, 20 years now. And uh, as a marketer, the one thing I noticed was the, the challenge is always, you know, you, you, you're, you, I hate to use the word, but you're trying to put lipstick lipstick on a pig yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what you end up doing. In this case, um, the gap between uh, what was promised and what was delivered, I mean, those it's really nothing. I mean, these guys were over delivering. Yeah, you're, you're pro the problem really was not not simply, but awareness to the right audience efficiently, right? And then some sales improvements in terms of using technology and CRM systems. But yeah, anytime right. life hack number one as a marketer is find a company with the right product and the right culture. Yep, and and I think that's one of the the, the big reasons uh, uh, why it has been successful. Um, is is that the management here has been has been pretty open. They've been pretty open to uh, to take on um, risks, uh, to take on um, challenges, and and to kind of give you the freedom to to experiment and and do things that uh, you know give you the confidence to go you know pretty crazy. So so I think that's that's one of those things here. Um, uh, it's a it's something I discovered as I kept working here. It wasn't you know, didn't happen right away. Um, so um, but big shift um, clearly. 
offline brand. Um, there was a lot of uh, pivoting from from uh, the campaigns that were going on. You know, we're in the DC area, so Metro is a big part of the deal. Uh, so Metro campaigns, Washington Post, offline ads, a lot of that. And moving away from that to, hey, you know, ads on Facebook, like really? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, because we're not so, talking inexpensive properties here. And so there right. was a little bit of that... Uh, not that anyone on a, on a coaching call ever really said it to my face, but, and not you or Cheryl, but potentially other people around were kind of like, do our buyers even like, are they going to trust an ad that they see on Instagram or Facebook when they're going to go buy a, a $1.5 million home? But, you know, ads generally, I think most people listening understand the, the navigation there. I'm really curious, how long would you say it took from the time you started implementing a CRM process for your sales team to the time that they really started. And, and I guess the span could be anywhere from a month to five years and two months. That's how long you've been there. Maybe they still aren't, maybe they're still adopting it, but, but how long do you think it took? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you rightly mentioned, Kevin, it's a, it's an ongoing process. CRM and doesn't end. It's not, you know, one, one, we use HubSpot and, you know, HubSpot keeps evolving. And so, so do we, the initial uh, launch. So that was one, I think, you know, it took us about, uh, Three months uh, to get get the first um, uh, you know V one of hey you know here's how you go about a CRM so you know getting getting sales folks on on board and getting them trained uh, and and having them run with it and having it having folks trust it I think um, now that that will make their life a little easier which is the key key part yeah. of the whole and and that was also how they were getting the online leads so that was a, a, the kind of the carrot too of if you want to know what's happening. With, with these people coming in from from the website uh, through at the time Astrid, uh, who later went on to become OSC of the year within HB, you're going to have to go in HubSpot and, and take a look at it. And yeah, absolutely, and it's a new, new, completely new process. You had a new OSC, a new CRM system, uh, and you know, so so for folks to to be able to trust that, to be able to adopt it, I think it's a it's a challenge uh, for sure. But I th sometimes it's always a challenge. But when you have such a big opportunity like you guys had, I remember Preston is the director of sales at EYA. And during my visit, we went to go to a particular community that was on the lower end of the price range you guys offer and was, I think, like three fourths of the way sold. And in the car on the way there, he's like, yeah, you know, foot, foot traffic here isn't as great as we think it could be, et cetera, et cetera. And then just in the you know one hour that I'm there, three or four prospects walked in the sales office at, at once and you're like, hmm, <laughs> I smell opportunity here of getting names in the CRM and really understanding what our what our traffic uh, looks like. And so that's obviously, it's a little bit of a chicken or the egg. You've got to have enough traffic and enough volume for enough repetition in the CRM. Like builders who tried to implement CRM in the Great Recession and you know, when you only have two people who show up, <laughs> at a community in a week, it yep. can be harder to like, just have enough reps to really get that habit to stick in the CRM. But you guys had amazing amounts of opportunity because of that product and brand strength. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure and I think, yeah, the, the, the key I feel like is, you know, with any CRM implementation is, is uh, giving the sales folks a reason to use it. You know, like why, why, what's, what's in it for me. And, and I think if you give them enough reasons and, uh, if you're a marketer trying to implement a CRM system, uh, you, you got to be that guide and uh, you got to help them uh, through that process. And, yeah. you know, I, I would yeah. love to pick your brain a little bit 
if you don't mind. I, I hate that saying, by the way. That's one of those things we need to retire. Picking brains. The brains. Just, is, it, is it Halloween? What's going on? Um, but CRM tools. So at, at DYC, we're fans of, of three platforms, primarily Lasso, HubSpot, and Salesforce, if you make us. Um, but, but we work with all three builders um, all over the country. work with all three. Um, so from a, from a sales process standpoint, all of those have very similar functionality, different levels of complexity for sure. But at the end of the day, for a salesperson in a model home to interact one-on-one with a group, a segmented list of prospects and ratings and all the rest, that's, it's, it's more similar than different. Whereas the marketing side of HubSpot in particular, because uh, I would say you are, of everyone that I've ever met, the biggest power user of HubSpot. Uh, because of your background, and we can talk a little bit about what you did before, maybe if we have time. But but give people an idea when you talk about HubSpot and the marketing tool set that, that is opened up to you in that platform in particular. Talk about some of your favorite features or things that you actually use, because that's the, like, everyone in the past, HubSpot lead scoring is awesome. No, it's not. It's it's garbage. Like, it, it, it can't, it tells you that the people who just bought have a 50% chance of buying if you follow the lead scoring, but there are parts of it that are truly useful. And I'm just curious what you would say your, your top two or three features over there are. Yeah. So I think one thing we've done with HubSpot is uh, it's not only a CRM tool for us on the marketing end, it's, it's the marketing tool as well. And uh, from that standpoint, I, and you can say marketing automation tool, by the way, it's, I, yes. it's yeah. okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah that's the right it. automation we're all fans of here. Right. So from a marketing standpoint, I think the, the simple things, you know, in uh, HubSpot, like uh, the workflows or uh, the, the smart lists, I mean, those are the ones I end up using a lot. So and, define, uh, define workflow for us. I know it's it's kind of boring for, for you and I, but for those listening who don't know what a workflow means. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a workflow is, you know, the Say, for example, you know, a web lead uh, fills out a, a form uh, on your website. Uh, your 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 next uh, step could be well, let's actually let me pick another example. Say someone's registered for a Zoom event, okay, which is you know so using it with integrations. Um, so you've registered for a Zoom event, um, and you you send out um, a um, a unique link, for example, um, that's specific to that that uh, buyer. Uh, to that person who's who's registered, so I think that's that's a, a quick and easy example of a workflow. So you know, uh, so yeah, just going to add some clarity here. You're not sending out one generic Zoom link to everyone; <clears throat> it's personalized to them because HubSpot and Zoom are integrated. Right. And so when they click on that link, you know who showed up, you know that the link was clicked, and all that data is connected to their to their customer profile in HubSpot. Right, right, and you know another example would be if you took a you know, we have some of these quizzes uh, that we have out there. If you took a neighborhood quiz and you, know, you like a certain kind of a neighborhood or you're a certain kind of a personality, the content that we'll, we'll provide to you is specific, um, you know, to your kind of personality or that particular neighborhood that you like. Um, that's a you know, that's another example. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you yeah, use yeah. the um, scheduling calendar functionality at all? No, okay. we don't. I think at one point you were using that for, this is pre-pandemic, like ice cream, social RSVPs to small lists of people. This wasn't like oh. a big event, but like, hey, you know. I, I see. Okay. You're talking about the, the meetings tool. Yeah, we do use the meetings tool. Um, we used it uh, for our virtual openings, uh, several of them. Um, uh, you know, we 
the nice thing with HubSpot, I think, is is because it uh, integrates very well with a lot of other systems. Uh, you're not tied to one uh, ecosystem. You know, you're not tied to you. You pick one that works well for you uh, for your particular situation. And so, you know, for example, Calendly will work as well as a scheduling tool as a, as a meetings tool. And not that um, you're always going to use it, but they do have built-in chat functionality uh, and and quasi-bot functionality as well. Yeah, yeah. The chat and the bot, we've kind of, you know, talked about it. But again, I think you you got to look at it in the in the context of uh, your brand and what you stand for and uh, uh, and your strategy, uh, yep. your sales strategy. Yeah. Just because Work. you have technology, you just don't throw it out there. We are definitely going to talk about pre-sale without fail and hybrid and virtual events because I've I've told Anath now several times that if there was an MBA designation for being able to do this well, he is one of, I would say, four people in the country and, and maybe the best at it. So we're going to talk about that. And leading up to the actual virtual pre-sale event, talk to me about kind of your short list of things that, that you would tell someone else at EYA, like, don't even bother thinking we're going to launch a project without what type of material available in terms of visualizations or, or walkthroughs, videos. Talk, talk to me about kind of your short list of, man, this stuff is imperative for us being able to pre-sell as strongly as we have. Right. So and the, re- the reason I'm asking you, because you're the yeah. best at it, is yeah. people need to be able to say, not Kevin yeah. said, but I heard this guy Anoth say, that you have to give me this. You can't just throw out a sign with no floor plan information, no pricing, and expect things to go amazing. Yeah. So, and I come from the world of you know, I don't really uh, five years in real estate now, but I you know I don't have a, a lot of kind of real estate ex- experience. So actually, that helps me because I look at it from the standpoint of the what normal guy. <laughs> yeah. So when I you know when I came in here, I remember um, sales folks had. Um, Basically, floor plans, uh, printed floor plans that they would sit there and you know hope hope, hope to sell, and they did. You know, to their credit, uh, locations and uh, floor plans did sell sell themselves. But if I was a buyer, I mean, floor plans don't tell me much. I mean, what do I what what do I know from a floor plan? You know, it's lines on a on a on a on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that might be impressive, you know, to the architects and the folks as a buyer, I'm like, I have no idea. Give me everything you got. And, 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 and so at this point we, we give folks everything we can, you know, we, we've got 3d models that you could walk in. Um, we actually started with, with on the VR side, but we had to pivot, uh, because of COVID, uh, mm-hmm. to, to make it a more web-based experience. So, so 3d, um, uh, renderings basically. Um, where you can go and pick and choose your uh, your flooring type, um, your backsplash, your cabinet types. Um, you can you can visualize and see what that looks like. Um, so uh, it's it's not just floor plans. Uh, you definitely need floor plans at the very minimum. Uh, you need uh, stills. Uh, you need videos. Uh, you need renderings. You need all of that because you know when you're pre-selling, you're you're getting folks. To, to make a huge commitment and and making you know getting folks to do that I think it requires all these all these and we've been very successful um, doing that so uh, we sold yeah yeah <laughs> um, I think uh, I was telling this last time about you know about uh, 200 homes 200 plus homes in the last 18 months um, you know, without real model homes right yeah and especially because you guys don't repeat what you do from site to site one of the challenges with infill is you don't have the luxury of telling your land team 
you've got to find me this certain box that will fit our box that we want to build on it again and again and again. So you guys are designing fairly new product every time. And so the ability for one, one product that you work on to help you sell another is, is extremely tough. And so you really need this, this visual asset to help people out. And it does, it does though pay off. I mean, I always tell builders it's pay me now or pay me later, but in a game of momentum, like new home sales is, you always want more momentum as early as possible. And so I know, um, uh, a, a launch you guys just did as an example, uh, in the opening weekend, you set 245 appointments. Yeah. Um, yeah, 245. <laughs> I mean, we, we actually, we stopped here yeah, 245, you know, we had about, uh, uh, almost 500 people, uh, more than 500 people show up at our virtual opening event. And, uh, yeah, more than half of those folks ended up uh, setting up an appointment, and uh, we um, we've we've sold to the point where we had to stop sales right now. Um, we're, we're pausing sales um, to the point where we are comfortable. Yeah, so, yeah. It's okay to mention names too. I know I know you guys are big fans of both TruVista and Focus Three Hundred and Sixty as partners on on these tools, and so good job to to everyone who's been involved in. And helping EYA visualize this stuff too. Hundred percent. I don't think you know we could do a lot of these without uh, the folks who do uh, this awesome job. Uh, you know, Focus Three Hundred and Sixty and uh, True Vista. Um, I think staying ahead of technology and kind of being responsive and, and getting uh, stuff um, in the way we want them to. I think that's a hard hard thing, and uh, these guys deliver. Okay, so you guys have chosen, uh, and this was during you, you did pre-sale events kind of the old fashioned way, like the book on my wall in person, et cetera. Then COVID comes along and you guys chose to essentially do zoom, zoom presentations, uh, in, in group settings. Um, just quickly give people an example or, or are these pre-recorded? Are they live? Uh, does it vary? Um, just from a, a presentation standpoint, how do you guys approach those events? And then, I'll, then we'll talk about like specifically how you're moving people along. Yeah. 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 So we've, um, We've done five uh, virtual openings in the last 18 months, uh, community openings, and all of them uh, have been essentially been Zoom webinars. It's it's interesting. I mean, we picked Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts the other day, and it said uh, Zoom was the kind of breakout uh, dog name of 2021. And you know, it's 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 one of those things. Yeah, Every, everyone's used to Zoom, um, and so we picked a platform that people are comfortable with. We experimented, we thought about you know, Facebook Live, YouTube, and all of those. But pick a place where folks are comfortable. And um, you know, I mean, that's uh, it's it's kind of worked for us. There's an, there's an integration that Zoom has with HubSpot, which works well. Uh, again, and so you're doing these live. They're not they're not pre-recorded. They're live presentations. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. These are live. And roughly how long? So the first uh, virtual event was about uh, 30 minutes. Um, and uh, the next one, I mean, the most recent one was about 20 minutes. So we tried to keep it about 20 to 30 minutes. The shorter, the better. I think as as uh, people kind of get Zoom weary right now, we're trying to keep it shorter. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so sales is getting an opportunity to talk. Leadership's having an opportunity to set the vision of why they chose this location, kind of talk about all that stuff. I think in the past, you've also had design like... Here's a, here's a cabinet kind of quick overview of the different curated design packages that are, that are offered. And then what happens? So then, then you're saying set an appointment using again, HubSpot and, 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 uh, integrations to, 
to schedule appointments first come first served? How, how are you vetting those people? And then well, I'll, I'll let you answer that and then I'll, I'll keep moving on. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think we, we're sharing a lot of these, uh, we're teasing out these things uh, throughout the process, throughout the, the build up, right? Uh, so we have assets that we, we have, uh, we've invested in. Uh, so uh, we're talking about uh, the vision. Uh, we're sharing a lot of the assets. Once the event is done, I think uh, what we do is uh, we have a special VIP website uh, that's accessible um, only to folks who've attended um, the event. And once you've attended the event, you can go to the VIP website, take a look at the floor plans, uh, pictures, uh, images, videos, and it's and the, which is accessible to VIPs only, uh, you know, at least for a short, a short period of time. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, folks can go in there and schedule an appointment. And we have an appointment scheduling tool, um, and uh, the tool is you know directly tied to uh, the sales folks' uh, calendar, and uh, you can go in and basically first come first serve. Set up, set up an appointment. I think that's what we do. And, uh, you know, the people who end up buying art, it's first come, first serve too. So, um, it. so it's just. So you don't, you don't currently use any form of true reservation system uh, no. for the actual purchase. You're, you're, you're scheduling appointments. Sales team is taking it from that appointment through on a first come, first serve basis, which keeps the urgency all the way through, right. uh, which I think is, which I think is a great way to do it. I'm still, I'm still personally a little bit, Torn. I don't know where you are on this, Anath, but in in the busiest, best, low supply, high demand environment that, of our lifetime, uh, letting people put something on hold for somewhere between zero and a thousand dollars doesn't seem intuitively the way to do business. So I think I think setting yeah. appointments and then just letting it happen and keeping that urgency along the whole time is is probably better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, it depends on your business strategy and you know. How I think I think that that that's an important part of where you see yourself. Um, I'd love you know, <laughs> as a digital marketer, I'd love for people to do nothing nothing more than to add to cart and check out, you know. But uh, I think it has to play in play well with, uh, with um, you know, it has to be real number one, <laughs> and it has to play well with your business strategy. So yep, yep, yeah. awesome. All right, um, I think. I think that's it. Is there is what do you think is on the horizon? What what are you, what's keeping you up at night in terms of 2022 and beyond and thinking about what's next for technology and home building and, and marketing? So I mean, I you know, I think there's a lot of tech fun stuff happening on the technology side. Um uh, I just bought uh, got my set of uh, uh Oculus Quest 2 and mm. uh, you know, if uh, you know, if uh, uh, Mark wants us to be there, I think, you know, big tech is heading in that direction. Web 3.0, Metaverse, all of that fun stuff is coming. Uh, and it's further down the line. I don't think it's happening like right away, though. Uh, but I think you've got to start looking at uh, at uh, creating those visual uh, experiences. But I think the bigger trend um, that I see is, is just uh, automation on a more kind of uh, bare basic level. Uh, and I think the last 18 months, Again, two years, people have gotten used to the way um, you show up on Amazon or, you know, you go to DoorDash or you go to one of those places. So when you push a button, you want something to happen. And, right. and I think I think uh, giving those kind of experiences um, uh, throughout, uh, whether you're you know, trying, making a payment uh, or whether you want to schedule a tour. Oh, or, that's, that, that right. is the so, other thing I definitely wanted to, because I, I think everyone is certainly understandably jaded by 
experts or influencers in their lives and thinking they're they're making money or something on the side from recommendations. Earnest is a company that I keep championing, even though I, I don't really have a lot of personal interaction with them at all. I, I, we had them on the podcast. Um, I know you you've uh, implemented them as one of part of one of your most recent openings, and I think from remembering you said. It was a completely optional thing. Here, here's Earnest, this tool that lets you uh, connect your, you know, download the app, connect your bank accounts, put in your deposit. In the future, if you have a design studio process, same tool could be used. And then even at closing, the funds can be made available all through the push of a button in an app. And I think you were saying like 80% of your buyers in a, in a recent project just opted when you made it available to say, let's go ahead and use this. Yeah, we were we were kind of blown away. I know, and, and I mean, I kind of knew going in. I knew this was uh, going to be convenient for folks, but you know, to see ninety percent of our uh, buyers of this particular community just basically go, "I'll choose this option," it just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I really think Ernest will be um, kind of the the engine of home builder um, reservations by online systems down the line. They just announced an integration, by the way, with Dot Loop. Uh, so dot loop is, is a online contract, uh, tool, kind of like a, kind of like a DocuSign, uh, organizes files, lets you digitally sign and they've integrated earnest in there so that you can control all the payments and, and, and do close as well as a closing company. So now you can do everything completely in a virtual process with dot loop, uh, which is owned by Zillow, by the way, but, um, fantastic program, uh, and yeah. company. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of the direction. I think those are, those are the nuts and bolts um, of the next year where, you know, you're trying to be more efficient and you're trying to be automate processes, make it easier uh, for folks. And I mean, I, I think about it, uh, it's an opportunity, you know, whether you're a small builder or a big builder, but if you think of, I, I and uh, yeah, so I, I think that's, those are definitely you know, good opportunities there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down and on. I really appreciate it. Definitely check out the link in the show note to Anant's LinkedIn profile. Say hello. One of the smartest people uh, in the industry when it comes to, to marketing technology um, and and HubSpot. And if you want to uh, get get some insight on him on on that tool as well. So thanks again, Anant. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be here.